Welcome to the Geoeconomics Podcast. I am your host, Nisa Gonzalez, and today I'm speaking with Jeffrey Mason from the Charter Cities Institute. Today we're here to talk about the important role data has in the development of cities and the new cities map launch. But before we talk about the launch, let's start with the introduction of who you are, Jeffrey, and what is CCI and what does the organization do? Hi, Nisa. Thank, thanks for having me on the podcast. So uh, I'm Jeffrey Mason. I'm the research manager at the Charter Cities Institute, uh, or CCI. CCI is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to empower new cities with better governance to lift tens of millions of, of people out of poverty. And we're dedicated to building the ecosystem for charter cities. New cities granted a special jurisdiction to create new governance systems. Great. Well, it's, have, it's good to have you, Jeffrey, on this podcast. So the first thing I, I like to start this podcast with is knowing more about what are the new cities, especially those that have a master plan. Humans building new cities is obviously a, a, a very, very old phenomenon, but we're seeing a deliberate trend in, in the past several decades, dedicated efforts at building creating purposely built master planned cities uh, from from the ground up rather than sort of the emergent type of, of cities that, you know, there was no central central planner, central person who decided, you know, we're going to build a city here and it's, and it's going to follow this this pattern or this grid or, or, or anything like that. Um, but something we're seeing increasingly uh, throughout the world are deliberate city projects where there is a single development plan and the city is 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 built to that plan and you know can still grow and expand over time but has that sort of central coordinating mechanism uh, as as opposed to a more organic or emergent city so as you mentioned then these new cities that have a master plan tend to have kind of like a plan of how they're going to be growing and developing other than you know the organic cities that just um, go without any type of plan. So if we were to examine what would be the challenge and benefits by building a city with a master plan, what would you consider those would be? So some of the, I think, advantages to building new cities with a master plan. Well, one, one I think it's actually important to sort of set some some context in, in which new cities are, are being built today. Throughout much of the global south, especially uh, sub-Saharan Africa, South and East Asia and, and and elsewhere, we're seeing really really rapid urbanization, and you know the world's leading cities in terms of population are increasingly concentrated in these regions of the world. And part of the both government and uh, I think private sector response to such high levels of, of of urbanization in a lot of these places is not just to expand existing cities and and densify existing cities, but to also build new cities. And especially in, in, in places where maybe financial resources are, are a bit limited or technical capacity is limited or, or uh, the economies uh, maybe aren't really capable of fully providing the, the opportunities that new urban dwellers might like. In, in some of these contexts, government and private developers are turning to building new cities, satellite cities, green greenfield cities, uh, in, in addition to the cities that already exist. And one of the advantages of, of doing this is that you can sort of from the ground up correct a lot of the mistakes and 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 sort of legacy institutions and and heritage that some of the existing cities have sort of come and have have, have baked in that maybe aren't conducive to what they really need now so in, in things like regarding uh, infrastructure upgrading, it's a lot more costly to upgrade existing infrastructure in an already built up area than it is to lay down new infrastructure, you know, two, three, four times, four times as costly to do that. In a lot of cases, especially in, again, in these, these regions I mentioned before, um, a lot of the, the cities are, are 
laid out as sort of, and they had these legacies of being sort of colonial outposts, and that isn't necessarily conducive to cities that function well um, for their residents that make sense from a sort of spatial planning perspective um, that are conducive to, to economic growth. So th these are some of the types of uh, some of the types of issues that building new master plan cities can can address. At the same time, there there are also challenges associated with with building new cities. So some of the things we've seen, you know, Brasilia is, is is often a common example of this. It's, it's built to this very interesting master plan, and you know it looks like a bird or, or an airplane when when viewed from above, and you know that that that's very interesting. But once the city sort of grew beyond what the capacity of that master initial master plan intended, um, you know the the elegance of it sort of falls apart, and and the city doesn't quite work as well for those who have to sort of live on on the periphery of of, of that city rather than those who are sort of maybe in that initial core. So that that's one of the challenges for these types of projects going forward is is striking a balance between the need to plan out you know major roads, infrastructure, uh, rights of way, delineating you know, public and private land and, and, and plots and allowing for organic expansion, you know, in accordance with 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 reasonable planning, but also to avoid the sort of over planning um, and, and the sort of rigid and uh, unflinching adherence to, to a master plan, which can stifle the, the emergence of a new and effective and, and productive city. Right. I think one of the things that you mentioned that uh, maybe you can go a little bit in depth with is... Um, these new emerging cities on the global south. Um, you mentioned there's a lot of cities being created, whether it is redevelopment or greenfield or a satellite cities. But in general, why do you think the global south has had such a big trend of creating new cities? What would be like the motivation? I, I think there's there's probably a couple pieces to that. One, like I talked about before, is is that the challenges in in existing cities and in some cases, we're talking about cities like um, Lagos or, or Kinshasa that are, are really developing into, you know, truly mega cities um, that, you know, that will overtake, you know, the if current trends continue, will overtake world's currently largest cities, many of which are, are, are in East Asia. But they really don't have the capacity to keep up in terms of infrastructure, services, jobs with the, the urbanization rates as they are. So, so, so there's a potential advantage, you know, of course, you know, it's important to still invest and, and solve those problems in those cities, uh, but there's also an opportunity to help capture some of that urbanization in new cities um, that can help ameliorate some of those issues before they crop up. And then the other thing I think is that you see there's lots of different types of, of, of new cities focusing on um, different segments of the market, different industries, and so, you know, what, what the inspiration is across the global south really varies. You know, for example, a, a project we've worked with quite a bit called Itana or, or Talent City in Nigeria outside of Lagos is intended to be a new tech hub, right? Nigeria is, 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 is well regarded as, as a hub for tech talent, but Lagos isn't a great place to support tech talent. It, it's, it's not going to attract tech talent there. And, and so the founder of, of Itana, Ayin Abayeji, he thought, well, you know, we want to keep this talent here. We want to build up this ecosystem, this this tech ecosystem here. You know how how can we do that? And and so he's building out a new town to do just that. And you know from projects like that to all the way on kind of the other end of the spectrum, large scale. You know, it's still mixed use, but industrial focused cities or new capital cities. There's all kinds of different motivations 
across the global south for for building these these new cities and that's manifesting it's those desires are manifesting themselves uh and in lots of different and, and interesting new city developments definitely i think that um within the global south especially in africa so far um I saw a big trend of new cities created. And as you mentioned, it could be even from the satellite city to having a tech hub, even um, going into resorts. There's a various ways why a city could be created. Even for example, Egypt with, um, they're starting, it has happened for a while, but they started like a, a new administrative cities, you know, the now, in which basically they just wanted to populate that area. So yeah, definitely there's a various motivations about um, the creation of new cities. And so you also mentioned from Brasilia and uh, the case where in any case, they weren't able to plan outside of the, the structure that they had for, for the plant population, right? So they, they weren't able to address the long-term sustainability of their population. But do you have any examples of successful master plan cities that have achieved their ambition purpose and actually made you know, an, an impact for their communities? Sure. So a, a lot of the new cities that have been successful have, have been built up as as new capitals or other types of, of government districts. Um, and, and they tend to be successful, you know, in, in part because it's it's the government and they can say, okay, you know, if you work, uh, you know, in such and such ministry, right, you have to be located there. So, so you get a, a natural sort of population. Washington, D.C., where I am, of, of, of course, um, is one such city. More recently, Nigeria, the capital of Nigeria, Abuja, is is another sort of one of these relatively successful new capital cities. But there's also other other types of cities um, that, that have been particularly successful. And there's one in particular that I, I think uh, listeners might might find interesting that we've written a little bit about. Uh, that's located in 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 China. And, and, and some of our, our colleagues uh, and friends at the MIT uh, Sustainable Urbanization Lab have, have done some really interesting research about is, is that of Guan in, in China. It's kind of located between Beijing and, and Tianjin. And what makes this sort of new city interesting is rather than being sort of built up um, as a, a new sort of government center or, or, or something like that, um, it's an interesting case of a, of a sort of successful private city uh, in, in the sense that sort of the county government there basically uh, allowed a private developer to come in, develop this large area, uh, attract residents and industries, uh, share tax revenues on all of this kind of thing, all these sorts of these sorts of activities. And so I, I think, you know, that that sort of shows there's kind of a wide variety of, of types of successful new cities, both from government initiatives, but also new cities that have been led successfully from, from the private side. I think during this, um, for this ecosystem of new cities, there's a lot of examples in which you can say, okay, there are certain things that could have done be done better. And there's um, cities which you've um, showed some examples that have done a um, great while achieving their purposes. So with that, I would also like to get into how much data available there is in the ecosystem of new cities, right? So to what extent do you think there's a lack of data in the industry and um, how does that impact the development of new cities? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And a lot of the the research and, and the sort of broader new cities community, a lot of what exists out there, it's not really systematic in, in any sort of way. It's very sort of case study, individualized type of research that's also generally sort of qualitative in, in, in nature as opposed to quantitative. And all that's great, but it makes it difficult to study new cities as as any sort of comprehensive subject and and so that's one of the gaps that's the really the big gap that i think we're trying to fill with this new cities map and it's and it's accompanying database 
is, is to bring some some data to bear um, and and some more rigor to to research and, and scholarship on on new cities. And you know there are some existing similar databases and and interactive map uh, products products out there, but none of those documents the document detail on, on governance of, of cities and all kinds of information about the history of the city to the depth that, that this new map that we're launching with, with you folks at, at the Adrian Opal Group, none of those other maps even come close to, to the level of, of detail that we're making available for the first time on, on modern new cities. Right. So basically the ecosystem hasn't been studied as a whole. And so if more information were to be available you know, to understand it as a whole, what kind of information do you think would be necessary? So I think to to introduce um, sort of more more systematic and and more essentially rigorous research, we need to know more about what actually goes into running these cities. Um, how much, you know, what, what did it actually cost to build them? How much does it cost uh, to operate them? What, if anything, do these cities have? Uh, regulatory or policymaking or, or fiscal or, or other types of authority over, and you know we can you can start to categorize and and really develop a, a much more comprehensive view of of what new cities are and and, and all the different sort of subtypes and and develop a much richer picture of the space. And that's beneficial not not just you know research for its own sake, but research that can actually go and benefit policymakers, uh, especially in countries that that are building lots of, of new cities or that there is interest in, in doing so. Um, and, and this research can also inform city developers themselves. They can look and see, okay, here are the projects that are along whatever dimensions are, are similar to what we have in mind. Uh, here's here's information about them. Here's how much it cost when you know, when they built it. You know what what powers and, and authorities did did they get, which you know, influences the outcomes that we we see today, um, and can really help help give developers and, and governments a much clearer picture of what successful and unsuccessful new cities have have done in the past, and what works, what doesn't, and how to make their projects more effective and and and, and better targeted uh, for their for their prospective residents and investors. So we now know that data itself is very important to compare a little bit with other cities and be able to make decisions uh, for new development. So do you have any examples of cities that have been able to be transparent with their development and that could also help other cities to develop as an example? There are some new study, uh, new cities, excuse me, that have been studied in, in, in a fair amount of depth. Like I said, the, 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 city, the ch- city in China I mentioned before, Guhan, uh, there's an excellent uh, chapter um, in, a, in a in a book called Towards Urban Economic Vibrancy that goes into all of the kind of nitty gritty details on this. But there's a lot of other interesting things that have been written out there about um, some of some of the more well known new cities that that exist in the world. You know, there's there's over 300 cataloged in our map alone, which is is, is filtered down from uh, based on some inclusion criteria from a, uh, a initial master list of of over a thousand. So there's lots of, of 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 cities in there, and that the the data that we were able to provide just from what's publicly available uh, is 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 actually pretty comprehensive in terms of like I said operating budgets, everything about location, administrative entities, et cetera. There's actually a lot that's out there that we were able to provide. So if a is a if a policymaker were to start a development, and that they had this information available, right? What would be certain topics that they could prioritize for the creation of new cities? Yeah, so I, I think some of the important things to look at um, might be location, 
you know, you can see, okay, is is the city near or, or does it have its own airport, seaport? Uh, is it located, you know, near sort of other other major cities, uh, right? Because that obviously has, has an impact on, on sort of the local economy and on, on population uh, movement and, and all those kind of things. But I think it's also important really important from, from a policymaker's perspective to look at uh, what, what these cities from a governance perspective, what they actually have authority over. Th- this is this is a problem you see throughout a lot of the global South where you know there are things that we sort of obviously understand them to be cities, but they don't necessarily operate as you might think of the way city governments operate in, in say, the United States, um, you know, where there's a, a clear municipal authority. And in a lot of these countries, you know, power tends to be very centralized and so maybe there's a city government, but it, it, it's maybe very weak and sort of relies on lots of transfers from, from the central government, or maybe the government is, is really fragmented, right? We think of, of Lagos as, as one city. And if I, if I remember correctly, it's sort of actually when you take the area that you know, is commonly considered Lagos, there's like well over like a dozen actual different like municipal governments sort of within within that scope. And, and you, you see that again and again and again in Africa, or, or in some cases, there, there really is no sort of municipal government below the, like the concept just sort of doesn't exist below in law, below the sort of, you know, county level, like it does in, in, in Kenya, for example. So I think, you know, the, the building new cities, especially with, with many of them endowed with some kind of special economic zone status or, or special jurisdiction status, policymakers can can look at this data and they can see, okay, here here's what other cities new cities, master plan cities worldwide have and have not had authority over. And they can think about how that might influence the outcomes, how it influenced the outcomes of that city and how, you know, whether or not that city can govern, you know, a, a particular segment of its affairs, how that fits into their sort of political and economic situation and how that, you know, could, could or could not help a particular new city thrive in their, in their country. So every city then has a, a different way of managing whether that is having more responsibility over service or more decision-making on the things that will be benefiting the city. So is there any example of any city which they have done policies differently that have just been beneficial for their communities? So lots lots of these new cities um, are being organized as sort of special economic zones or, or some other similar similar type of, of, of jurisdiction. So one example uh, that comes to mind, like I, I actually just like I just mentioned it in, in Kenya, which is, is sort of one of these emerging hubs for new cities in Africa. There's an interesting project there, sort of uh, south of, of Nairobi called Kanza Technopolis. And it's sort of being built as a sort of, tech, sort of technology uh, technology hub for, for Kenya, but there's also sort of other sort of, you know, industrial and, and residential components as well. And it's operating under sort of Kenya's special economic zone regime. Um, and, you know, it, it seems, it seems to be, this development seems to be sort of moving along quite nicely. And I think will will sort of help Kenya be, continue to be sort of a player in, in that ecosystem. So that's just one example. When you're building something from, from the ground, a city from the ground up, it's a, it's, it's, it's a much easier prospect to say, okay, this, this new thing that we're building, it's going to play under you know, a set a set of special rules or or some sort of special jurisdiction status than to say, okay, you know, here's an existing city of you know a hundred thousand people. This is this is now a special economic zone under you know these these sort of very different rules. It's it's a much easier sell, I think, for for from from a political perspective for these types of projects because they're being organized from the ground up to to play under um a, a special set of of rules or or you know different different economic regulation. So. As every city has a different set of, of policies that that may be using, or even better, similar, because within a country, they could do similar. 
policies, but how can we promote the, um, the research of other cities from other parts of, of the world to be seen, to be studied, and to be taken into consideration when policymakers are trying to decide on, um, you know, social, economic, or environmental challenges? Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of this research out there already, and I think it's, it's really just a matter of sort of translating it into sort of formats that the policymakers will, will find will find receptive and sort of making clear what the applications are of, of experiences in other places to wherever they happen to be, right? It, I think it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, they did this in China, so, you know, you in Nigeria should, you know, do do this or, or a version of that, right? That there's kind of a translation that has to go on in terms of, Okay, great. There are other lessons to be learned from what cities over here did. You know, here's here's the context, economic, political, social, whatever context um, that was done, and you know, think carefully about sort of the mapping to to wherever it is that you're you're trying to to apply those lessons. You know, and and this is one of the things where you know sometimes a best practices approach, depending on what it is you're doing, sometimes that works perfectly fine. You know, it's it, 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 you can you pretty, pretty, pretty much can, you know, control C, control V and it, you know, it works great, but there's lots of other settings where that's not the case. You know, people try to, you know, efforts policy from a policy perspective, people try to pursue that type of approach and it just kind of falls flat because the contexts are, are very different. The economic situations are, are very different and, and it just doesn't work like that. So I think, you know, there's tons of examples to learn from. Like lots of people have been doing research on this, this space. CCI is trying to contribute to the, to the research in, in, in this space, and we hope the map will not only contribute to sort of creating more research and, and higher quality research, but we'll also start to see uh, more, more of the social sciences delve into to research on new cities. Uh, so, so far, not exclusively, but a lot of the research on new cities has kind of been the domain of urban studies and urban planning, geography, and similar academic fields. Um, but I think there'd be value. There's there's value to be had in bringing the study of of new cities and, and and helping provide the tools to bring the study of new cities to economics, political science, and and other fields in in, in social science as well to expand that roster of research and and policy advice that's that's available. So we've mentioned various times already the new cities map and how it can be helpful for policymakers or any researchers that are just trying to see more about the ecosystem that the new cities have and to have context, as you mentioned, about their economic or governance situations for, you know, comparison or just understanding them. We're getting more in depth with the research. So I want to get more in depth now with this map. So what is the new cities map? So in short, the New Cities Map is a project to identify, catalog, and map every modern new city in the world. As I mentioned before, over a thousand new cities were, were considered in, in just shy of, of two years of, of research that went into this map. And the map that you know, we'll, be, we'll be launching and, and sharing has, and the accompanying uh, fully accessible database has just over, has over 300 new cities in it. And so I, I think I should, I should talk briefly about what the inclusion criteria for the cities on on this map are and, and how that uh, sort of shapes shapes what the the objectives of, of the new cities map are. So one is time frame. You can find depending on what you you, know, you call a new city, right? You you can go back forever and and identify new cities. But we specifically wanted to track efforts in in the modern era. So so we're tracking post 1945 new cities. Second, we're tracking proj- uh, cities that are are explicitly envisioned as cities. You know, in the marketing resources, the promotional material, available information that's out there, public information that's out there about it, it is actually considered a city. 
it's not just an industrial park or uh, some other type of development, um, you know, that maybe has some, might have some residential or, or some other types of um, land use or, or something like that in it, but it, it's not really organized or, or, or conceived of in any way as, 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 a, as a city proper. The third inclusion criteria is population. We wanted to target you know, things that really are cities. And, and so for that reason, we're looking at cities where the current population is at least 100,000 or it, the project has an explicitly stated goal to have at least 100,000 residents. And, and this, this cutoff helps, helps keep the, the sort of database manageable. A, a lower threshold would obviously introduce so many more towns to, to start to dilute the, the what we feel is, is the purpose of, of this map is, is to catalog these sort of large-scale new city projects. So at least 100,000 people. The next criteria, which I, I think is an interesting one, is that it either has to have already or is planned to have a school, which we're using as sort of a proxy measure for whether or not the city is mixed use in, in nature. If you have a city where you know there's just workers, there there's no you know people you know commuting in and out or something, or it's, you know worker dorm something like that, right? It, it's it's not really a, a city in a meaningful sense. But if you've got children there and, and there's a school, there's presumably going to be all the other types of amenities um, that a you know real city has. And so we, we feel that this is this is an effective proxy for for capturing um, that a city is is actually sort of mixed use in, in nature and, and like truly is a. A city. The next criteria is that it is master planned and that there is some kind of central coordinating entity uh, that's making decisions about sort of the build out of, of the city and, and other types of uh, planning planning decisions, right? There, there are sort of famous uh, cases of, of cities out there that sort of have emerged sort of just sort of organically, maybe as, as outgrowths of existing cities, but there wasn't really a, a sort of central organizer. It wasn't a, a deliberate effort in the same way that some of these some of these cities were. Maybe uh, Gargawan in, in India kind of comes to mind as an example of, of a type of city that, uh, you know, maybe is a new city, but it, it wasn't it wasn't actually planned or, or organized formally in, in any sort of way. And then the final inclusion criteria is governance, that there actually is a single distinct governance structure for the city that makes it sort of distinct from from other 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 parts, uh, other, other cities. So you know, we're not just talking about, say, a neighborhood in another city, but we're actually talking about a unique city that has its own administration um, and is its own is its own standalone uh, political entity. So those are the inclusion, the high level overview of the conclu uh, inclusion criteria on how we got down from over a thousand new cities worldwide since 1945 to a core set of over 300 that we feel most accurately captures the spirit of this sort of grand project of, of building new cities. Well, it's good to hear all the characteristics that the cities needed to have to be included, because as you mentioned, there's various ways in which people can define new cities. And I think this brings it down to exactly what you wanted to accomplish with the map. So with that, so this map was um, commissioned, financed and designed by the Charter Cities Institute. And then the Adrianople Group plan collected the data and built the software which runs the map. But why was it so important for the Charter Cities Institute to have this map published? Well, New Cities is obviously a very important topic for the work we're doing. And and like I said, you know, there, there, there are other tools and, and databases and resources and research that's out there on new cities, but we really just did not feel like what was out there was adequate enough to to do the kind of rigorous analysis of new cities needed that's needed to best inform policymakers and, and other researchers about this space to, to ensure that the cities that are, are getting built are making the best possible decisions uh, that they can about where to locate, what they should have authority over, their sort of economic 
focuses and, and industries, target industries ought, ought to be. We, we really just wanted to help bring some, some depth uh, and, and a comprehensive study of, of, of new cities to this ecosystem, which really just doesn't, doesn't exist before. Like I said, a lot of the research and, and work that's done in this space up till now is, is very case study, piecemeal, qualitative, and that's all great. But we wanted to, to bring an additional, a new sort of front to this research and, and to this, you know, this uh, work that's being done on the ground that just doesn't exist uh, until now. I agree that this map definitely has a lot of information that other databases um, have not been included. As you mentioned, they're all very great and uh, they provide very important information. And so in this new cities map, something that is very important that is now available is also those governance variables that, um, you know, provide information on whether the city has responsibility for services, how much decision making they have. So what I want to know is also how did you decide what was important to be shown in the map regarding those governance variables? Sure. So, so we wanted to paint a comprehensive picture of all of the different elements that go into sort of urban governance and 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 thinking about cities. So we didn't want to just say, okay, you know, here's here's where it is on on the map, and here's here's where how many people live there. But we actually wanted to be able to paint a picture, uh, a comprehensive picture of each city that says, okay, in this city. Here's what the government is and is not responsible for. Here's what the government does or does not have sort of fiscal authority over. Here's where whether or not this city is also a, a special economic zone. Uh, we, we wanted, to, does the city, can it set a minimum wage? Can it have special immigration policy? Are there, are there special customs procedures? What type of legal protections exist? How, how autonomous is this city relative to to others, you know, in, in its own country? We really wanted to paint a comprehensive picture of each city, and not just, like I said, not just catalog points on a map, but provide some some really rich data that helps better characterize and helps better explain why a city might be located where it is, or why it has the sort of maybe target population or, or has reached the population that it has, what its economic focus is, and, and help make more sense of all of this data that's sort of out there, um, but had never really been collected or, or really thoroughly analyzed before. So this data itself is going to provide a lot of information and a lot of guidance, I think, to a lot of people who are looking to know more about how the city operates, more than just knowing about you know, how many people they intended to have or whether they expected it to be done by a certain date, et cetera. So how can you envision the map being used, whether it is as a researcher, as an urban planner, or as a policymaker? So, right, there's obviously an interactive element to the map product itself, which I think just from a visual perspective, you can see, and there's all sorts of ways that you can um, sort and filter and color entries on the map to better identify the types of, of, of cities that, that you're looking for, for whatever your, your, your purpose happens to be. And then I, I think, which I, I think is useful sort of, especially, especially for, for, for policymakers where, you know, they're not going to be reading a high, high, highly detailed, you know, journal articles or something like that. They, they need the quick hits. And, and so I think a, a, a tool like that is, is particularly valuable in, in that setting. Um, but then in terms of the more the more in-depth research, like I mentioned before, a, a lot of the research in this space is being done, um, you know, urban studies departments, geography departments. Uh, a lot of this is, like I said, qualitative case study, and that's, and that's wonderful. 
But now that we've got a database that has over 70 different uh, variables in it, now we're getting into the territory where you can actually start to do some statistical analysis on new cities writ large. Uh, you know, if you if there's some information that you want to find out about new cities, say specifically in India or something, right? You 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 can you can now start to actually be able to run that analysis uh, with the data set that that we're providing here, uh, which really hasn't been possible before and 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 unless you know you went and actually collected all of that data yourself and even then that would have been you know it took us two years to collect all this data it really hasn't been until now it really hasn't been specifically thinking about new cities really hasn't hasn't been collected in, in, in any kind of way like this before right you, you in a lot of places it's difficult enough to find data on in, in much of the world on existing cities and, and and so for researchers interested in, in new cities, the challenge is is often is, is really going to be even even harder. And so we we've tried to solve solve that problem for for researchers who are interested in new cities, regardless of, of their discipline. It's definitely something that um, has a lot of value for anyone that is researching over the ecosystem. Considering what you mentioned, there's a lack of data, or at least consistent data, that is shown on the internet, for example. So I can think of of uh, examples in which most of the data from cities were from secondary sources from either that is news outlets or interviews or articles because the city's official let's say documents or websites are not available for the public they tend to be just available for the developers or anyone involved on the project so i think it adds a lot of value for you know people to have all this research gathered and also considering that it's going to be public database as well, where you can also get um, the sources uh, from the data available, in which cases some of the data uh, does not provide, you know, a full description of the city and having the sources will give the full overview of the different variables that has the map. So I think that's uh, another part that adds a lot of value for, for this map. And so, as you mentioned, there's over... 300 cities on the map and there's different trends going on so what are you are your um what did you consider were the most interesting findings or trends of this map uh one of the things one of the tools that i think is really interesting to watch uh when you use the map is is the time lapse feature and so you can see starting in 1945 where new cities start to get built and where you start to see clusters uh, of new cities getting built so for example starting in you know the starting in the 1970s you, you can you can see right in front of you this huge boom of new cities in Egypt and and starting in some of the some of the gulf states for instance you can watch that play out in real time and then i think what else is interesting is that once you really get into the last uh, maybe 15, 10, 15 years, you start to see a real takeoff of new city developments in sub-Saharan Africa, which I think is particularly interesting to, you know, to us at, at CCI, where that, that's the, the vast majority of our actual work is, is, is concentrated. So I think that's a particularly valuable and an interesting piece is, is to be able to, to see you know, over time where, where these cities are happening. Like I said, I, I also think some of the sort of sorting features are, are really interesting, um, and you can sort of see the trends where Okay, here's where you know in some countries you can see okay some most of these new cities are privately developed or maybe they're publicly developed by the government or is it a PPP and you can see you know in some countries it's a mix of both in others it's maybe all one or all the other um, so that's interesting that's another that's I think is is interesting to see you can also sort of sort by 
um, you know, is this, is it greenfield? Is it brownfield? Is it redevelopment of, of some other type of area? Th this also helps, helps, I think, give all, all these different types of tools help give some clarity to what are the trends going on in a particular country or, or, or region. And when we're talking about new cities in that place, you know, what, what are we actually talking about? Because, uh, you know, for some countries, new cities tend to be, you know, a certain type of project. Whereas in another, in another country, they, they might be very different. So to be able to see that clearly in, in, in front of you, I think is, is helpful just for, you know, conceptualizing, you know, how, how should I go about thinking about new cities, you know, either in my country of interest or, or, or writ large, what, what are the trends? So I, I think that's, that's a particularly valuable tool in, in the new cities map toolkit. I think um, what you mentioned is also very insightful in regards of what can I do if for example, you're trying to build a new city and you're trying to see the different examples or the trends that are happening in each country. And one of the features that could also help in that is the one regarding city focus in which you'll be able to see whether, you know, the trend is that in a certain country, there's a lot of eco cities, smart cities. Um, in the case of Africa, there's a lot of satellite cities as well. And for example, Mexico as well, a lot of the cities included in the map are resort cities. So that's another way and um, the map can be beneficial when trying to figure out um, what the trends are per country as well. And I think um, that's also very insightful, as I mentioned, when trying to discover what the context is for each country. And um, so another thing that was mentioned, and I think it's very interesting and surprising, is that there were over a like a thousand cities that were researched. And since you mentioned there's um, an inclusion criteria, which um, needs to be followed, whether that is, you know, the announcement date for being from 1945 to October 2021, from having a population of over 100,000, or planning to, to have that with the other rest of the criteria that you mentioned. From the beginning, did you have any expectations of how many cities were going to be included in the map? Or, or was that um, something surprising to see at the end of the data collection? It's a little bit of both because part of the problem with, with any sort of study or analysis of, of the new city space is, is actually trying to define, you know, what, what are we actually talking about um, when we're talking about new cities? And so depending on what you're counting as a new city, the estimates of either ones that have been built or, or are being built now were always kind of all over the place. You know, for example, the, the International New Towns Institute has a database of, you know, it's not just cities, but also much, much smaller scale developments as well. And I, I think there's like over a thousand entries because on their map, because of the fact that they're going down to you know, a, a little city of, you know, 15,000 people or something like that, you know, which really isn't, is, is maybe more of a town than a city, you know, is, is, is on that map. So honestly, I, I really didn't actually going in know exactly what to expect, but I think it is interesting how with, with this inclusion criteria that, that we've developed when you actually really try to concretely define new cities in, in a sort of specific and purposeful way, you, you end up with a core group of, 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 of several hundred, which, um, I, I think accurately reflects what we know and uh, what what we're what we're seeing. Although, of course, uh, you know, in in, in the future, um, that number is is definitely going to 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 grow. Well, it's good to hear. I think uh, a lot of either the people developing uh, this map were not expecting to have uh, such a solid group of of CDs, right? From such a great amount of CDs being scrutinized and um, you know determining whether they're gonna be part of the map or not, but um, I'm glad to hear that uh, the map has a solid number that is going to be very helpful, that uh, 
is going to provide very valuable information other than just um, you know providing various new cities uh, it has very solid inclusion criteria. so from all this data being collected uh, whether that is the master plan details or the governance variables how is this data set going to be you know helpful for the future of cities do you think that this data is also going to help in the ecosystem to become more data driven Absolutely. As we've kind of talked about, I, I think the uses for both researchers as well as policymakers and, and city developers focused on on new cities now is is, is really useful. And, and I think this will also be helpful for, for existing cities um, as 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 well. Right. There's no reason why an existing city um, couldn't potentially use this data to identify uh, new cities that are, that are similar to themselves and 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 figure out what, what's been done there and, and how they could think about that, especially in the context of, of planning for, for urban expansion. Uh, like, like so many of the cities throughout the global south are really being forced uh, to do now. And so I, I think there's a lot of learning to be had here from, from all of these new cities both for other new cities and and as well as for for sort of the growing existing cities in the world. It's definitely going to be um, a data set that provides a lot of um, value to all researchers or policymakers. I think it has been very complete with its data. And so to discuss the future development plans for the new cities map, you know, can we know more about what's going to happen with, you know, the current regions that are uh, completed on the map and the ones that are still ongoing efforts to complete the project? Sure. So, so as I mentioned, to collect all of the data to, to get to where we are today, it, it took just shy um, of, of, of two years to collect data on all of these uh, cities that were analyzed and and for for all of all of the variables included. So, for Latin America, North America, and India, the full slate of of all variables of interest are available for for every city entry. For Africa, which you know, especially for CCI, is 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 one of the most important parts of the world going forward for thinking about new cities and, and for urbanization more generally, we have all of the variables except for some of the governance indicators. And then for Europe, the Middle East, and Asia, we have the location and the variables needed to run the inclusion criteria test, but otherwise the the uh, completion of, of those variables is, is, is only partial. So going forward, what we want to do is is to be able um, to secure the funding to continue to build out a complete roster of variables for this particular snapshot in time of all all cities in all regions, and then beyond that, we'd love to be able to you know, make this a, a a living database into the future that's able to expand with with new entries as as time progresses. So as you mentioned, this is a snapshot of all cities until 2021, and so if someone wants to reach out to you to add information to a new CD, how can they do that? Where should they be reaching out to? Sure. Um, so you, 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 can, you, can, you can reach out to CCI generally at, at, at chartercitiesinstitute.org. You, you can find our contact information there, um, or, or you can also contact our, uh, my colleague, our, our quantitative researcher, Tommy Thompson, at uh, tommy at cci.city. He, he's been the lead on uh, getting, getting this map built uh, from, from, from our end. Great. Well, I think we've had a, a very insightful conversation going over the concept of a new city and how data is an actually a missing factor in the industry. And overall, I think we also have made it very clear that this map is going to be valuable for anyone who's interested in knowing more about the new cities map and also about the great work that the Charter Cities 
Institute is doing to provide this information. So and the Adrianople Group <laughs> and the Adrianople Group in the development of this. So I'm happy to to know that the map is going to be live on May 30 this year, 2023. Uh, do you have any final remarks, uh, Jeffrey, that you want to share with the audience? Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope if, if you're listening to this on or or before May 30 uh, this year, you're you're able to to join us at the the launch event, which you can register for at, at newcitiesmap.com. Uh, we'll be having a live demo of the map as as well as a discussion on on new cities, and we'll be fielding some some Q and A. Uh, so so I hope folks uh, who listen are are able to attend. Great. Well, thank you for coming into the podcast, Jeffrey, and sharing more about your expect expertise. We'll be happy to have you back on the podcast in the future. And uh, to our listeners, you can find us on iTunes, Audible, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. So thank you again, Jeffrey, for your time today. And yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for having me. And I hope everyone uh, enjoys the new cities map.